Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the In Squash podcast. Uh, firstly, before we, we begin, I just hope everybody is uh, safe, healthy, and well under the circumstances. Um, things are going okay for me. Um, family's okay. Everyone's healthy. I spoke to my parents uh, back in uh, Canada yesterday and they're all uh, good um, in, at home, not getting out like they like uh, like they usually like to do. They're quite active. So <clears throat> I think for many of us, it's a really difficult time, but we're finding our way and uh, making it a sort of a new way of life for us for the time being. So uh, let's keep up the good fight, everybody. Now, today on episode 129, we have uh, Harvard number one, I believe, and uh, 2019 individual uh, var- U.S. varsity squash champion and the winner of 10 uh, PSA titles to his name nine or ten. It could be it could be nine. I, I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it's ten though. Uh, Victor Quint and uh, really a great chat with Victor. Uh, he has a, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and he really uh, believes in himself. Uh, and he certainly has reason to. As I mentioned, at a young age, he's already won at least nine uh, PSA titles, uh, many of which were uh, in the summer of last year. He won three in a row in, uh, in Australia, and then a couple of more shortly after that in the early part of the year. Then made a great name uh, for himself uh, in the tournament in Egypt, where he took out um, a couple of big names uh, in the early rounds and then narrowly lost in three games, although it was three games, each game was close lost to um, Joel Macon in that event and then uh, qualified for his first uh, silver uh, PSA event, uh, the Canada Cup, and ended up uh, playing a, a sort of a learning experience match for him in the first round against Borja Golan. We talk about all of that, but we also interestingly talk about uh, uh, the last uh, month or so, where last few weeks maybe, um, where uh, as a student at Harvard, he had just finished uh, along with the rest of the Crimson uh, boys and girls, uh, who incidentally, uh, we talk about this as well, they winning their, uh, I believe, ninth straight uh, Potter title, uh, Harvard did this year. Uh, but we talk about that uh, victory, but um, they were forced to uh, to leave campus uh, very quickly at Harvard, and uh, that was quite an experience for him. And uh, the online lear- learning aspect now is uh, going on, and uh, we talk about what that's been like for him. Uh, I'm uh, privy to uh, a lot of uh, what's going on in that regard because that's what I'm doing uh, right now from my home. And uh, it's been uh, been interesting uh, in a nutshell. It's been a lot of work uh, to put everything that I do uh, online in terms of teaching and the administrative side of things. Everything's online, so uh, it's a lot of work uh, transferring all of what we do uh, to the online environment. But it's slowly coming together, and I guess this is the beginning of uh, what could be the future of education. It's already here anyways. Nowadays, a lot of people have online degrees. But uh, anyways, I digress. Uh, Victor Quint, uh, what a great uh, episode this is. We talk about a whole bunch of different things. And uh, Victor is very anecdotal. Really enjoyed chatting with him. I know you'll like this one. It's one of the best ones yet. Uh, Victor Quint, episode 129. A couple of the pro events, the one in Egypt, I think sort of you caught quite a few people's uh, attention with your, your, the great result you had there. And uh, obviously you're playing for Harvard and Mike way. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, 
uh, later on. But first, uh, how are things going? I hope your family, everything's okay, given the COVID-19 uh, uh, circumstances. Uh, how are things uh, with you and in that regard? Yeah, so I, I came back. So on Tuesday, I think it was on the, on the 13th of March, um, presidents of Harvard announced that uh, we had to move out in less than five days uh, from campus. So we had to take all our stuff and stock them somewhere in Cambridge or in a friend's house and wow. just take uh, our luggage and leave. Yeah. So that, that was kind of scary in the moment where uh, we started to to think that there were some cases, uh, some positive cases at Harvard. Uh, and it was very sad for all the seniors who all of a sudden uh, had to stay, say bye to everyone in less yeah. than five days. Oh, yeah. uh, well, yeah, they I never thought about that. Yeah, the seniors especially, it's got to be a tough moment for them, eh? It was a really tough moment because we got the email at 8 a.m. And I think I went outside to, uh, to go to the international student office to get my visa signed uh, before I came back because I needed uh, the visa to be signed in order to come back uh, later on. And you could, you could already see everyone outside just like trying to find a spot to party because they had nothing else to do, uh, which was yeah. pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, so I made my way back home. And, yeah. uh, I mean, so what did the, did the squash community scary. sort of come together and help you store your stuff or did you, uh, you know, yeah, was it with so friends? I, I'm, or? I'm very thankful because one of my teammates, uh, Timmy Brownell, uh, accepted to, uh, store, uh, my, my luggage, which is like a big, big luggage and, uh, two or three boxes okay, uh, yeah. where I okay. sunk all my stuff on in. Uh, so it was really helpful because I didn't have to rent any uh, any places to stock my uh, my uh, my stuff. So really helpful. Uh, and it put put like I didn't have any stress uh, trying to find that and rent one at a time where everyone was just calling and trying to find a a, a place to to uh, to stock their, their yeah, stuff. That must, have, that must have been chaotic uh, for a lot of, for it was, most of the I was student going population. To, I was going to a few, yeah, I, w I was going to a few stores to try to get some uh, some uh, boxes, uh, some card box boxes. Mm. And I, I, at 10 a.m. I just couldn't find any because everyone oh, no. had just uh, rushed into the store and tried to get cardboard uh, boxes. Uh, so it wow. was an interesting time. Wow. I'm happy I'm through that. <laughs> I'm actually home and safe now. And th how are um, things? Uh, I mean, yeah, we hear family, a lot about. My family's healthy. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. And how are things in France yeah, uh, generally? Uh, so, so I came back on the on the Friday, and mm. then in three or four days, uh, our president. Uh, talked to talked to talked on the t in the t on the TV and announced that he was gonna uh, plan a lockdown uh, in France. Yeah. So obviously we're not allowed to to go out for any reason except uh, to get food or go to a drugstore. Or, well, actually, that's it. Mm. Yeah, that, that's pretty uh, much what it's like here now too. To mm. Yeah. 
true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the magazine, we were allowed to go out for, for a run or, or go do a back session, which was great because I, I love doing back session. And it's just a way to get out and uh, have some air and just uh, relax. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a, it's a, it could be a hot session. Mm. Uh, but now they actually restricted that more and more as the days uh, went on. And uh, now you, you're allowed to go out for, uh, for a walk, but it depends on where you live. Uh, so restrictions are made by uh, the mayor. And so, for example, 10 kilometers away from where I live, in one of the small towns, uh, they're not allowed to go 10 meters away from their houses. Oh, wow. It's pretty wow. extreme. Wow. Uh, where yeah. I live, it's only one kilometer away. So I'm still able to go outside and run sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just like, try to do a few, like, 10 rounds of one kilometer. Sprints, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I did today. I ran, I did a 5K. I'm trying to break my 5K uh, personal best every time out. Uh, unfortunately, I was a bit short today. But um, yeah, we got, I think for a lot of us, we're going to end up getting uh, getting quite fit over this time if we stay, if, you know. Yeah. How, how, how's that going uh, for you? Are you, uh, do you have a routine now that's sort of, I mean, it, it's kind of tough when you're on when you're isolated and when you're alone because you don't you've got yourself only right yeah so i mean myself only the good thing is that i'm back with my family and i haven't seen them for for, for two months now so right it's good to uh, to connect uh, again and to be with them on a daily basis uh so we're spending a lot of time just like playing games cooking <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> it's a, I noticed it. Is it your dad or a family member, uh, Emmanuel? Is he your or used to be your coach or still coaching yeah, you? Yes, so I'm uh, also living with my dad, which helps a lot because he's my head coach. All right. Uh, so, yeah, he's there to push you. Since, yeah. yeah, he's been working with me since I'm probably six years old. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's been my head coach for a long time now, and he knows me by heart. So, so I'm glad to be home and to be able to work with him, uh, like together. Because usually when I'm at Harvard, we still we still talk to each other about training every day, and we try to keep uh, to keep a, a spreadsheet in which I I log my training every day, and he. He gives me advice on it and tells me if I should do more or less. And mm -hmm. uh, during weekends, we also try to plan ahead uh, what I'm going to do during the week, depending on uh, on the team uh, practices. Right on. Just wondering, who's uh, the tougher uh, on you? Uh, uh, would it be Mike or uh, or your dad when it comes when it comes oh, to pushing you in the training? Your dad probably, <laughs> definitely right? Definitely my dad. Definitely <laughs> my dad. That's great. Because yeah. uh, I think Mike has been used to uh, coach uh, college squash players for for a few years now, and yeah. so he when I when I got into Harvard, he wasn't used to train uh, anyone that, that would train as much as I would. So sometimes he would try to to uh, to stop me from playing squash. Actually, Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, rather than pushing me to play more. 
because right. I, I was always asking for more. So <laughs> no, I would definitely say that my dad is actually. So I guess uh, uh, maybe after you know a week or so of training with Mike, and you go in to fill in your spreadsheet, your dad might say, "What's going on?" It's um, not that these not aren't really, these, we, these numbers don't don't work for me. The good thing is Mike is also experienced. Uh, to train players who are also studying while well, my dad uh, trained me and while well, I was uh, of course I was studying because I was in high school but the amount of uh, of, uh, of studying that I had wasn't wasn't uh, it was anything compared to where, where I have to study right now 100% um, yeah. yeah so of course I need to to be careful and be mindful sometimes to just uh, just rest or do something uh, less uh, straightforward in order to uh, to to just uh, leave another day i'd yeah. say uh and stay stay injury free and so so mike is a good uh, he's a he's a he's a good i would say trainer for that absolutely uh, but well i remember time, uh, i spoke to him on uh, he was on my podcast maybe a year and a half or so ago and he was telling me how uh, academics in his mind, you know, it's right up there with the things that he uh, emphasizes among uh, his players. So that, that speaks to what you were just saying. Yes, of course. Like, it's been two years. Uh, I'm at Harvard now. And, like, every time we talk about recruiting, for example, he, his first concern is he's the player actually going to be able to balance his academics and at the same time squash so no academics uh, certainly has a, a big part in the in the project and uh, that's why that's why we are at Harvard because we also want to uh, to study uh, otherwise that would be Harvard trained as a full-time full professional time uh, full-time professional player um, so I'm also I'm also very passionate about education uh, and so sometimes I need to put squash on the on the side. For example, uh, right before before exams uh, appeared, I gotta play a little bit less and <laughs> and focus a little bit more on my studies for one or two weeks. But but that I would say that's a choice that I made, and I'm mm. I'm pretty happy about that choice. Absolutely. Well. I was just going to ask. Speaking of academics, I, I work at a at a university here in uh, in the UAE, and we're also doing all our uh, classes now online. This was actually my first day today, uh, working from home, which was kind of uh, interesting. But uh, you've been online now for a couple of weeks. Um, how's that going for you? We use um, at the university I work for. We use a platform called Blackboard, uh, but I also uh, some of my students uh, do peer tutoring with each other using Zoom. So, uh, what, what, how's yes. that going for you uh, with your online classes? So, fortunately, when I went home, uh, we were on spring break, so we had a we had a week off, okay, which, which which was a great time <laughs> because everyone could go home and just uh, figure out how they're gonna. They're gonna start studying again once uh, classes online will start, and so I just finished my first week of online classes officially, and uh, I mean it's obviously challenging because 
because I'm home and uh, I need to find the space where I'll be the more productive to to, uh, to study. And uh, some classes are easier to to study than others because they are big classes, and so and so usually we just uh, we just help on uh, on Zoom. So all classes are online on Zoom. Okay. Uh, and so we all go on Zoom at the same time and uh, watch the lecture. Uh, but it's also pretty flexible because lectures are recording. Yeah. So we yeah. can watch the lecture yeah. at the last time if you don't live in the US, for example. <laughs> so they're not uh, taking attendance great. or anything? So. <laughs> they're not taking attendance anymore, yeah. That's, uh, a, so that's a plus yeah. uh, for Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the other side, I also have a Spanish class, for example. And uh, Spanish class is all about interaction and uh, talking with each other. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really have the choice but to to uh, to be there when, uh, when I have my section. Right. And uh, <coughs> the first few lectures, uh, the first few sections were interesting because it's actually hard to talk to each other. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Zoom has the option of like a breakout rooms or anything. Does it? Uh, it has. It does has it? Okay. Yeah. Does that? Okay. So the yeah, teacher usually she could set up breakout rooms for you guys. Then. Yeah. So he, the teachers ask ask us a few questions and then and then we talked in the breakout rooms uh, of three or four people uh, all together for like two three minutes and then yeah. we come back on the on the big section uh, uh, video slide. Okay, well, it sounds like you've got your head around it. So, uh, yeah, all the best with the uh, with the online studies there. I guess um, you have classes uh, today. Uh, today's what? No, today's no, no Sunday, right? No, yeah, no, no, no classes on Saturday. No classes on Sunday. Right, right. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to to talking a bit of squash, Victor. Uh, I mean. Uh, just a little bit of a backstory. Obviously, your your dad a uh, big influence on you uh, playing squash, and he more than likely, I guess, in your family got you started playing. Uh, just give us a little uh, a brief background into in terms of how you uh, got into the game uh, at a young age. So, so my dad was probably the biggest uh, influence uh, in my in, in the way I started playing squash. Uh, because my mom is not necessarily uh, doing any racket sports. She's just uh, trying to stay fit uh, by running or or just, yeah, just running, really. Right. And then, and then so I have a twin sister. And uh, when we were four years old, uh, my dad and my mom uh, put us into the like, kids' tennis school. Uh, okay. So we started playing tennis when we were four years old uh, together, and then because my dad was a squash player and he was playing uh, regional tournaments uh, around around the county, he would uh, he would bring me to tournaments and I would just jump on court between the between games. And so so when I was six years old, I was like, Dad, can I can I play squash, please? And so I started playing squash when I when I was six years old, probably because I saw my dad playing squash, and uh, and so from 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 the age of six years old to 
to 10 years old, I would say, I played both squash and tennis. And uh, at eight years old, I also played the piano. Okay. Uh, yeah. That was a lot of activities uh, during the week. Uh, and I, I enjoyed playing tennis as much as I played squash. I would, at the beginning, I would play more. I would be on the tennis court more often than I was on the squash court. I'd probably be on the tennis court three times a week. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, I would go on the squash courts. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I, guess uh, I started playing tennis pretty well and got, I started playing a few competitions. I didn't like it. Uh, because right. of the pressure of playing. Uh, well, tennis is a little bit different, isn't it? Uh, I guess tennis, I mean, I played tennis growing up uh, as well and played a little bit of competition. And uh, there was always, there, the ref, there weren't anyone calling the lines, right? I, I remember that. That was a big thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you had to rely thing. on the, uh, the sportsmanship and the, the integrity of your opponent. <laughs> yes, I'm still so surprised in, the, in college tennis, for example. They also have a ref, but it's only one ref. So they also have to call each other's ball. Ooh, uh, yeah. And so they call the ball and then the ref confirm or not if the ball was out uh, or in. But okay. it's also pretty controversial. I bet, yeah. Especially yeah. when you play for a team. But so that's something that I didn't really like when I played uh, tournaments when I was young because I was really just playing for fun, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard to believe now that I'm trying to, to be full-time. But that's, uh, I mean, I, I think full-time. starting tennis, I mean, who, I mean, we always think what's the best way to teach kids how to play squash. Uh, obviously, you know, tennis is a great game. It's a tough game, but I think it's a little bit easier for people to pick it up in the beginning. Uh, so may, yeah. maybe that you know that turned out to be a, a good thing for you starting tennis at four and then picking up squash you basically knew what you were doing in terms of hitting the ball yeah, yeah no, for sure I agree and so so I decided to stop playing tennis because of, uh, of this uh, pressure and controversy about a few coach that I had I do really uh, I didn't really have a good relationship with him, and so I decided to stop playing squash in order to, to spend more time on the squash court. Uh, I don't remember, but I assume I also decided to play squash because my dad was playing squash. He was the he was the the squash uh, trainer uh, during the, the clinics. That probably influenced me uh, yeah. to watch squash, I guess, and also just a. Uh, I just I just got to enjoy the relationship I created my, uh, with my dad, who became my who was my dad, but who became also my coach. And that's a, so is that that's something you uh, you you said, Dad? Would you coach me? Is that how that kind of uh, turned out? Um, uh, for actually, the squash trainer at my club, and so if I wanted to play squash um, and go into the clinics, I actually had. I actually had to have my dad as my coach. There was no way around it. <laughs> there was no way around it. Uh, yeah. He was always mindful and uh, he always tried to work. He always had this, uh, this uh, teaching of uh, let me see other things and to look at that coach and, uh, and stick to it. Uh, and then I would always get back with my dad and then and then just discuss uh, 
discuss the concept and then I would I would make my own decision about it. Uh, so his dad was dad was dad a pretty solid player himself, was he? He was uh, yeah, he was in the top thirty two in France, but he was never he was also top thirty, that's with, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was top thirty in France. Uh, but he was not necessarily in the top uh, ten or he was he, he he never thought about um trying to to train more he was just playing for fun because he started playing squash when he was twenty five maybe okay um, yeah so he started pretty late and just got passionate about it uh, right. really um, now I just want to fa fast forward just a little bit so you you decided you mentioned earlier to to take the Varsity squash uh, in the USA take that route in, rather than uh, enter directly into the professional tour. Was that? Um, I mean, you, obviously, you've seen the successes of the likes of uh, Ali Farag, uh, Amanda Sobi, and uh, several others uh, as well who've come from from the varsity scene. So, uh, what was it that really influenced you at the end of the day to to make that uh, decision to go to the US? So I think I think the first the biggest influence was my family because um, um, so my dad um, my dad when he was younger went to a boarding school a sport boarding school to play hockey. Okay. And, uh, he's not probably gonna be happy that I talk about that, but <laughs> he didn't do well in school, and so his his parents decided to to uh, to to take him home again. Okay. Uh, uh, but so, so I guess my dad wanted me to, um, to play squash uh, because he wanted me to do what he couldn't do. That's good. Um, hmm. uh, but on the other side uh, of the family, uh, my mother's family was really oriented into education. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I would see my grandparents for my from my mother's side, and they would ask me, what do you want to do in the future? And I would be like, well, I want to be a sports player. And they, was like, and they would say, well, that's not, that's not something you can do as a job. You need to, you need to <laughs> right. what you want to do in life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that was, that was the first influence, I would say. And then the second thing is that when I started playing uh, European, the European Junior Circuit, circuit uh, when I was nine or ten years old, so my dad sent me to uh, to uh, European tournaments. Um, my my parents my parents always told me that if my grades were not good enough, they would not send me to uh, to uh, to squash tournaments anymore. And I think that was uh, that was the biggest influence. Right. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Well, they instilled a bit was, of academic uh, awareness in you at a young age. Huh? Yeah, because I knew I knew that if I wasn't doing well in school or I wasn't behaving well in school, I would just not be able to play squash at all. And so right. I always made sure uh, I always made sure I had good grades so that I could uh, I could I could go on the squash court and uh, and participate in tournaments. And then obviously uh, uh, with with the way the U.S. varsity scene is, and you've played uh, in a lot of the the big junior tournaments leading up to that, I guess. Uh, recruiting at those events uh, is fairly you know substantial uh, over the last few years uh, was that something that also had an impact on your decision yes definitely 
Um, I think that I always thought about going pro, always uh, thinking about my education at the same time. And mm -hmm. so first, I was trying to find uh, how I would be able to study after high school in France, and at the same time, uh, be able to continue to pursue my uh, squash career. And uh, with the level of education I was trying, I, I was aiming at, uh, there was nowhere where I could actually pursue uh, my my academic and uh, athletic uh, project. And so I heard about an opportunity to go to the US and actually be able to do both. And I had this uh, role model that are uh, Amanda, Sobi and Ali Farag. And that mm -hmm. pushed me uh, to take the decision to go to the US. And so the first uh, the first uh, American uh, well, college uh, coach to reach to me was uh, Gilly Lane. Right. And uh, he probably talked to me uh, three years before I actually uh, committed to Harvard, and uh, and I uh, I'm really grateful to to Gilly because he actually taught me everything about college squash and mm. how to and like everything about college squash. And the well, he he had a he had a, an incredible uh, college career, didn't he? And now he's there yeah, as, he a, as a great coach too. College career, also professional career, mm -hmm. and now he's a great coach at. I'm one of the best universities, uh, universities in the in the country, and uh, and his team is getting better. He's improving every year, uh, and uh, and so so he taught me how, what was college watch and the process of admission and what test I had to take uh, in order to uh, to, uh, to 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 file. Uh, an, uh, an admission uh, document. And, uh, what test did and you have to take, uh, Victor? Was it was it uh, IELTS? Uh, did you have to? I do had the... to take the SAT. SAT. Okay. But you can also take the ACT. Okay. So is, is the SAT is that is is there an international uh, version of that test, or because nor that's an American scholastic aptitude test, isn't it? Yes, that's an American, yeah, yeah. The SAT is the American test uh, that you can take in American school all around the world. So I okay. went to, so I, so I just, uh, uh, I just studied on my own. I, <laughs> I bought the, the practice book for the SAT and studied on my own for three months and then decided to, to take the test and, and I took the test and then, and then I had, I had, uh, I had enough points to, 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 to get admitted, and uh, and my transcript were also very strong, and so, so how it worked is that, um, um, I, at the beginning I was thinking of going to Penn first because of Gilly and second because two French, uh, two French. Uh, Women play played at Penn as well, mm -hmm. so so it was easier to actually connect with them and, uh, and learn more about about how to get there and right. uh, how to adjust from uh, coming from France uh, to the US. Uh, but then after the World Junior Championship uh, in New Zealand, one of the uh, one of the coaches at Harvard, Luke Hammond 
talk to me and ask me if I wanted to uh, to visit um, to visit Harvard and then and then so in September 2017 uh, I went to uh, to Penn and, and Harvard to uh, to visit and when I came back home took I took the SAT and then I had to make a choice uh, take a decision between trying to get to Harvard or Penn. It was a really tough decision because uh, I really liked Gilly uh, as a person. It was yeah. a, a big motivation from the beginning, and so it was hard to say no to Gilly. But the same but time, I'm sure I'm sure he understood. He 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 seems like such a such a good guy and such a understanding type of person. He he knows exactly, you know what for you sure, were. For yeah. sure, for sure, he definitely understood. But in the human perspective it's also hard to oh yeah 100% you have been following someone for three years and then he decided to go somewhere else yeah um, yeah but so yeah I decided to go to Harvard first first because it's Harvard and, and the name is just uh, uh, much more prestigious mm. in the international um, perspective when I go home in France and I I tell anyone I I am at Harvard. They actually know what, what, what I'm talking about. What if <laughs> yeah. I say University of you'll, you'll raise a few eyebrows with that one. Yeah, it's, it's, just, a, it's just more prestigious. And, yeah. uh, and, and so that was one of the reasons. Uh, but it was definitely not the, the only one because I also wanted to go somewhere uh, where I could feel happy and uh, could have a... Do you have a good four years with uh, because you part of a squash team as well that you're gonna spend so much time with. So you so you'd rather be with uh, with people you you enjoy to be with. And yeah. so so I really like the team at Harvard uh, because I yeah it's an international team and I knew already a few of the players there from both the the women and the men's team. Uh, so that was a huge plus, and then I also knew Mike. Uh, I didn't know Mike before I came to Harvard, but I knew I knew his experience, and uh, I knew I could gain a lot of, uh, of uh, I could I could have a, a lot of advice from him. Well, I mean, so, for me, uh, I mean, I grew. Uh, well, my hero of the game is uh, Jonathan Power, and uh, Mike yeah. Way obviously coached him. I, I actually played Jonathan when he was. Uh, when we were in juniors, but he was much younger uh, uh, than me at the time, but he still played my age group. But Mike Way was, uh, uh, he's a legend. Uh, even back when I was uh, your age, back back then, uh, 20, 30 years ago, he was uh, a legend of, of coaching in Canada. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like you said, he had many, many, uh, you know, the tough decision to make there. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it was a, it was a good one. And uh, you're there now. And uh, things are going well for you. No, for sure, yeah. I've realized uh, that Mike is a legend, and especially in Canada, because anytime mm. I went to Canada to play uh, the squash German, yeah. all, everyone knew Mike because Mike uh, is well-known in Canada. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I got to tell you something. Yeah, even though he's not, Cana- Power, no, not well. Canadian, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he is Canadian. I shouldn't say that. He's Jonathan Power was also one of my role models. Younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would spend hours watching him play uh, on the on the computer screen. Yeah. And one thing that was funny was that my dad always told me that I should be I should be calm and I should not argue with the ref because <laughs> yeah. that would 
I would uh, I would just lose my focus if I do that. And I was always uh, telling him or responding to him that look at Jonathan, he's <laughs> always arguing and always pissed off, and he still he still the best player in the world. And so yeah. that was a that was a quite funny. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I've seen a few of your matches and you seem to have your, uh, you know, your temper under, uh, under, under control. Think back in his day though, thing, it was a bit different, you know, now I guess in the collegiate collegiate circuit, uh, you, you don't have the, uh, always have the access to the, you know, the, the video referee or anything like that. So there's not as on the pro tour, not as much, uh, uh, debating, uh, when you've got that third official, uh, uh, set, or the, the video referee looking at uh, at calls in the bigger bigger match. Yeah, we don't we don't have review. We don't have a, a loading, so it's back to uh, to junior squash uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, but you just gotta adjust, honestly, and uh, it's just, it's not such a big deal to be playing under not different rule, but different. Well, I guess every every coach that I've had on, I've had Mike. On, I've I've spoken to uh, Paul Asciante, the 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 great Trinity coach, legend of the, the varsity scene over there. Uh, yeah. My uh, John White, Martin Heath. They all what yes, they all say yes. is uh, uh, they all say it's all about you know they, they try to instill integrity. Gilly as well, integrity in their players, and you know you see every now and then you see things get heated, and obviously you you guys get huge huge crowds and lots of fans coming out. To, you're you're you know the students coming out to the games, and it gets quite, quite electric out there. So that that can influence uh, behavior, I would imagine sometimes. Yes, it can. It can get electric uh, very quickly when uh, when you have a few a few friends from the hockey team or the water polo team. <laughs> the hockey team, watch out! <laughs> and they are used to they used to have uh, fans watching and just. Uh, just saying a horrendous thing about about you or oh no yeah yeah <laughs> and so so when they come mike is always uh he's always pretty uh pretty close to them and try to uh, to tell them not to do <laughs> what they should do this is in the hockey uh, arena yeah. Yeah. but it's also it's also a very fun uh, environment when they when everyone uh, comes together and watch that's that's what sort of the the alluring thing about the varsity uh squash scene in the u.s every you know i've had a few other players on as well sibramanium uh andrew douglas and they've all told me you know just how exciting uh those moments are and you don't actually get that uh, very often on on the pro circuit you don't yeah i always i always say that my best uh my best experiences and uh, my best memories were Played for a team, so when I played for France, for example, uh, during my junior time, and then and then even when I played uh, when I played for France in the in the senior European Championship, I didn't even play the final uh, that we won um, in 2000. Uh, I think it was uh, it's 2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah. When I was selected. And uh, it's just the best memories because you don't only play for yourself, and so and so when you win the match, uh, the the stakes are higher because the, you have with the in-call squash you have twelve guys just rooting for you, and and, uh, and everyone really wants you to win. So you you ju- you don't just play for yourself; you represent your teammates, 
have yeah. been working for you for four months uh, every day. Uh, you represent your, your university. Your coach has been there every day as well to to show you some uh, some skills so that you can improve and just grow up as a as a person as well. And yeah. so, uh, so it's it's not. It's not all about you. That's something that changed everything. Well, this sets up the, ne my, the next part of our little chat here uh, perfectly. 2019-2020 uh, varsity season for you, I guess, uh, I guess you could say it was more sweet than bitter because you guys ended up winning the, uh, the Potter Cup. Uh, and you just alluded to the fact that, you know, the team aspect of, of things uh, is such a, such a big thing, such a, an important thing for you. So what did it mean to you uh, this year to, to take out the, the legends of uh, U.S. Varsity Squash Trinity? I'm not sure how many they've won over the years, but uh, they've won quite a few. Uh, you guys won, won it this year. So uh, what was that like for you? Um, no, for sure. I mean, I'm not American, so... So I guess I don't I don't feel the same way as when a, an American managed to take down someone from Trinity, for example. Right. And, uh, it, it's very funny because uh, when I was a freshman, there's always this uh, animosity between uh, Harvard and uh, and uh, Trinity. Yeah, uh, huge rivalry like there. Yeah, there's a huge rivalry, and it's always seniors mm -hmm. trying to because they've. They've lost for for three years, and every time in the final, they've been like really, they're not really angry and hungry to try to to win that match, and so and so it becomes it becomes to a point where they hate uh, the other team, and, and they dream <laughs> about, and they make nightmare about it, uh, and so and so when they describe that team, they just describe it as the enemy. <laughs> which is like, well, it's, it's, is, all, it's all about the history of it, isn't it? I mean, it goes it back, is, yeah, it goes back so many, many because, years, doesn't it? Because, yeah, which is very funny because on the, it's, it's, all, it's also the fact that it's, all, it's not only about the, the, the kid, it's also about the parents who also have played for, for the yeah. same team sometimes. The alumni so, too, the the old boys. The alumni, yeah. You, so it just, just going to wonder. I was wondering, do you get any of the old former old Crimson guys coming in to the locker room and giving you speeches, like some of the old boys from back back uh, we, we forty years ago? All the matches, yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't all come uh, to all the matches, but they usually try to come to uh, nationals. And if they can't, uh, for example, when we play in New York, we always have. Uh, a huge crowd of alumni working in New York uh, coming to watch us uh, and all the alumni that still work uh, at uh, at Boston in Boston they also come a few times during the year to to uh, just talk to us and, and uh, get to know us but also to watch us play so no it's a great community uh, and so this rivalry is very interesting because personally uh, because I'm international, there's a lot of people from different teams uh, that, that, that I am friends with because we've played the uh, European squash tournaments for, for 10 years. And so when I get to, to, to play them, we, I, I just say hi to them and just chat for a few, for a few minutes. And it's just like we're friends again. But then as soon as the match starts, your teammates always remind you that you playing your enemy and you're going to do anything in your power to, <laughs> to, 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 to 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, there's, um, I've had, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a good book out there actually, by the way, I don't know if you've read it, um, by Rob Dinnerman. I think it's the history of Harvard squash. If you yes. get, I don't know if you I have it in your I library. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, uh, definitely a walking history of, uh, us varsity he squash. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the good thing about Harvard is also I got to know so many people uh, out there that have been legend of the game in the in the United States, but because because uh, I mainly lived uh, in France and uh, and traveled in Europe mm. to play European squash tournaments, I've never I've never I've never discovered this part of the of the squash community. Yeah, it's quite a it's a hidden gem, isn't it? I mean, this whole varsity it is. It is. history—it's so deep. <laughs> it is very deep, yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming back to your to our success uh, this year, yes. Uh, I think I think when uh, when uh, when I got to Harvard as a freshman, uh, the team was really excited uh, because of our freshman year. Uh, because my one was was uh, was getting into the team, I was in the team, uh, and our number three, George Crown, was also maybe one of the best, all the best player in Canada. Um, so that was a really good uh, year of recruiting for the coaches and the team, and so and so everyone thought that we had a shot at the at the national title uh, that year. More than ever, and uh, and the the first the first very interesting thing is uh, challenge matches. Uh, right. So that during the off season, uh, before the season start, uh, we play at Harvard. We play challenge matches every Monday. So challenge matches, or uh, we play each other every Monday. Uh, which, so this is uh, uh, within was, within the team, not uh... within the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Within the team, we play each other every Monday, uh, and so the coaches create a sort of ladder uh, in, in which they rank everyone, and then and then for example, number one has to defend his spot against number two, number three has to defend his spot against number four, and that goes on. And so if I, if the number one wins against number two, he stays at number one. And then the number two has to defend his spot against uh, the winner of number three and number four. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a system of hair down and hair up. Right. Um, and so when you does that keep that, up, does that keep you that keeps you pretty sharp then, doesn't it? It keeps you very sure because every Monday you're going to be back at it and defend or try to to uh, to uh, to upset uh, uh, the the teammate that was above you on the ladder. So does that impact really uh, does that impact the the team uh, order when you go to play a match uh, against another school or or not? Uh, it does, yeah. So it yeah. it actually decide the the ladder. Uh, it, it actually decide the the composition of the team. So we play number one, number two, number three, mm-hmm. and so we play challenge matches until the end of uh, November when the season starts. And then and then based on that, 
not only based on that, but on different variables, the coaches uh, decide uh, decide the composition of the team, and then we we usually with this we we usually play with the same order uh, during the whole the full the full season. But if, for example, if someone gets injured, he can maybe uh, go down on the ladder during a few a few matches and then build his way up to to where he was. It's pretty flexible. I mean. Which that's the same thing about integrity. We try not to stock, so we try to to put everyone where they they, they deserve to be, yeah, not yeah. just uh, where we think we're gonna win the points, because that's actually cheating, and that's something like uh, hate doing. Right. So he's always concerned about trying to 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 put the ladder that makes more sense. No, exactly. That, that's what I remember about Mike. He's no nonsense uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, he, he's all about ethic and integrity, to be honest. Uh, he hates when one of his players is, is uh, he's cheating on or, or, or doing anything that, 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 is not, that you shouldn't be doing. So. No, I remember uh, he, he came to uh, my club back in Nova Scotia, Canada, and I think our provincial team, he came in to, to train us one weekend just uh, for, for a, on a special occasion. And we were doing court sprints or something back then. And he, uh, yeah, he, he yelled at me for not doing my court sprints properly. <laughs> he told me my, my feet were too heavy, I think. That's what you need. You need a little bit of tough love to, you know. We do. Yeah. You don't. You, don't, you, he, you can't always. He often. Hit. He often. Uh, he often. Yeah. When we start doing uh, uh, flexibility sessions, then half of the team uh, <laughs> is actually hating it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I just wanted to get to uh, the next set, the next uh, element of of the season here, which unfortunately. Uh, didn't go your way. You were defending an uh, individual champion and uh, you lost out to James Flynn, Canadian from Penn in, in the first round. And um, I think uh, in your blog post after the match, you, you were very uh, sort of in, insightful in terms of how it went. You said, um, quote, I was more disappointed at myself for the way I played and uh, handled the, uh, the situation. So quote unquote there what what exactly happened in the match i know james is one of these guys he's he's a very good player and he's talented and unorthodox maybe uh to some respects but uh what uh what happened in in that first round uh victor no for sure so to give you a little bit of background um so personally the season was really um unusual because uh i got injured in end of uh, January um, <coughs> because uh, I got an accident on court so I actually slept and ended up on the, on the side wall uh, okay. my head on the side wall and was your head, your head or your hand? Sorry. my head my head, head okay yeah. my head on the wall uh, my head and my head on the wall actually yeah. <laughs> and so I broke my wrist my left wrist oh okay uh, and I almost got a concussion. Unfortunately, mm, mm. uh, I didn't, uh, but it was pretty close because uh, when I when I hit my head on the on the side wall, uh, I was wearing my goggles, and, and my goggles uh, just broke into two pieces. 
and so wow. uh, and so I guess that prevents uh, any um, bigger impact on my head. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were you wearing an eye mask or? No, no, no. I'm, I'm wearing just a just a normal glasses, goggles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that stopped uh, that prevented me from playing squash for for a week I would say and then when I came back uh, it took me two or three three weeks to actually uh, to actually be back at the level I was playing before uh, and so I, I finished the season uh, and it was uh, it was a tougher season physically than it was uh, the year before and I think it was more mentally, it was just a draining mentally to, to come back every weekend and, mm. and to give my best uh, because I wasn't feeling as fit as I was the, the year before. And so it actually... Because that might have been in the back fit, of your mind a little bit, maybe. Maybe, but at the end, uh, during the national team championship, I actually played okay. And uh, I win my three matches for the, for, for the team. So I was... I was happy at myself, but because we were playing so many matches at the same, uh, a week after another, and the uh, classes started again, I actually had to spend so much time. It, it, I, I don't want to find an excuse, I just want to give you a bit of background, but I actually had uh, a lot of uh, hours of studying before I went uh, to play the individuals championship. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend... I definitely didn't spend enough hours uh, sleeping uh, the week before uh, I played individuals, and uh, and I'm convinced it had an impact on on how I played during uh, individuals. Uh, but so I go into individuals and and I was playing fin- uh, gems for the first round. Uh, I definitely didn't underestimate him because I knew he was a, a very unorthodox and a very skillful player with the racket. Yeah. And, uh, so I preferred as I usually prefer to play uh, any any opponents. I, I usually I usually really respect all the opponents I play and I, I, I never underestimate someone so so I, so I warmed up as I would warm up uh, for any other matches and then went on court and then I won the first game pretty pretty easily and so I felt more relaxed about about myself and and how I was uh, handling the situation on court. Uh, and then second game, he changed his tactics completely and, and won the first uh, five points, I think. And it kind of uh, I, I didn't get too worried uh, too quickly. I was just uh, telling myself, all right, you gotta change something. Uh, just uh, try to be more patient and uh, give him less angle. Uh, you're gonna come back, and then, and then I almost came back at the end of the game, and he 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 won it probably 12, 10, or 11, 9, and uh, and so I wasn't worried yet, and uh, and then the third game, I wasn't able to uh, to be on top uh, to be on top of the game, and then he he took us. Uh, I think I was actually up on the scoreboard, and then he came back at the end. And, uh, and I and the week before when I played the national team championship, I had the same situation in the first round. In the first round, where I didn't pre- I didn't really feel good on court, uh, but I still managed to find a way to win while yeah. I wasn't playing well. 
And so I reminded myself of that moment and told me, all right, that's fine. You just lost the third game, you're 2-1 down. Uh, be patient and you'll find a way to, uh, to, to, to get through this match. Uh, but the more we were playing, uh, the more confident he got. And, uh, yeah, he's a, from what I gather, he's quite a confidence. Uh, when he's hot, he's hot, right? Yeah, I think I think at the beginning of the match he didn't really think he could he could win the game, but as soon as I gave him a, an opening, he actually believed he could win, and at that moment his confidence went up, and uh, he never he 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 never he never stopped uh, crashing uh, and trying to to break me down, and even when he had match four, he 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 played it hundred percent. Just took the opportunity. So, mm. I mean, he, he deserved it. I, I was trying to find a way to come back because because I wasn't probably playing the way I should I, I should have played. I was always in between trying to attack uh, because that's usually my game, and at the same time be patient because uh, because I could probably break him down by just uh, physically by just. Uh, Playing in the back and with a higher uh, with a higher pace, but I never actually decided which way, uh, which uh, which tactic that I wanted to play. Uh, either attack as much as I could when I had the opportunity, or uh, work on the physical side of the game. And so that's what I was upset about: is that I didn't actually uh, make uh, I, I didn't make a decision. Uh, I was just in between. And so I became passive. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I wasn't active on the court, and that's something. Yeah, uh, yeah you can't be passive, me. can you? No, that's something that frustrated me afterwards because I just, I just gave him the opportunity opportunity to win the game, the match, but I actually didn't do anything to prevent it from happening. It was all about him. So it was either he was gonna. He, either he was gonna find, he was gonna stay the same and, and uh, find a way to 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 win the rallies and then the match, or he would he would just uh, not believe in himself and then would uh, give me an opening to, to to come back and feel more confident for the for the rest of the match and then I would probably have won the match. But but yeah, I mean he won he won also the second. The, the second, third, and fourth, uh, probably 11-8 or 11-9. So it was really close from going one side or the other. And unfortunately, on that day, it went his way. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess those things happen for a reason, right? So, it you happened. Know. I mean, when I lost the match, I was just like, well, well done. Like, you, you did a great job. And I just have to, <laughs> I just have to cry and, and just, uh, just, uh, just, just, just uh, congratulate you for what yep. you did because because you you, you had your shot and you took it so so so, so congrats to you. Uh, but then then the big thing was that I didn't want this match to drag me down, and I mm. knew I still had three matches to play. And even though mentally it was really tough, because especially especially because I had two matches to play on the same day. So after I lost, I had to play again in the evening. That was mentally really tough because obviously it wasn't 
It wasn't the, the match I was expected to play, and I wasn't expected to play. It wasn't my goal to play uh, in the consolation plate. Um, no. But I just told myself, again, you're not just playing for yourself. You're playing with the Harvard, uh, Harvard T-shirt, and you represent your university. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the coaches are here, and uh, Harvard has been paying for your trip, for your, for your meal, and for your hotel. So all you have to do is is uh, is when you three three next matches, and that would be a good way to finish on a positive. Note. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that that's a testament to uh, a testament to to your mental fortitude as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure, even though you did lose in that first match, I'm sure Mike w- was proud uh, of the way you bounced back and uh, and played uh, and and won won the the consolation there. He would have been uh, probably quite a, quite a bit disappointed had it gone uh, any other way, no doubt. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was also proud of myself for being able to uh, to just back up and and win the next three matches against players that were also really. There's no, teams. there are no e- easy matches there in varsity at that level, is there? It's sort no, of a microcosm the, of the uh, the pro tour, isn't it? Because uh, at a certain level on the pro tour, you know quite well, uh, everybody's just so good, right? No, for sure. Gilly, Gilly before the tournament was saying that we were probably playing a 10 or 20k uh, at the national championship, which is, which is probably true. Uh, I mean, uh, even though I lost and the three matches were still high quality and, and all the players I played were very talented and all uh, trying try to... to to, all training very hard the whole year. And for some of them, they also have this goal of turning pro after college. So, I know for sure, it was three three really good matches. And I was just, like, really happy to win those three matches and finish on a positive note, even though it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what helped, uh, what helped me uh, stay positive and happy yeah. was that That'll be a bit of fuel for, for your fire for next season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm ready to, to get back at it and, uh, and to, to learn from the lessons and just to prepare better uh, for yeah. that tournament. Because uh, I thought that even though I wasn't you know, sleeping enough and I, was, I didn't have the best preparation, I was still going to be able to get, to get through this and, uh, and win the tournament. Uh, but I'm still human, and uh, and so if I don't prepare well enough, uh, <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, think I was I was talking to uh, Gary Nisbet, the guy uh, from Squash Skills. He was on uh, yes. a few days, and we were talking about sleep and how just you know how how so important it is. It, it, you might say, "Oh, I slept well uh, last night. I should have played well today." Well, last night doesn't uh, you know remedy the the two weeks of no sleep that you didn't get. Uh, before that, right? For so, sure, sleep, yeah. sleep in part, particularly, but everything in life, I think, if you don't have the consistency, or consistent in your in your in your squash tournaments, right um, on, yeah. So, so for, for for sure, I mean, consistency is something is something that I really value. It's up there with discipline. For sure, I did a mistake uh, by not taking care of myself before the tournament. That's definitely something I will. I will think about before I. Yeah. Uh, I will think about when I'll prepare for, for the national individual championship next year. Right on. 
Well, Vic, Victor, you've been really good with your time. And uh, before you go, I, just, I, I do want to talk to you about uh, your pro career. You've had uh, nine, I think I could be wrong, nine uh, titles, uh, cha- a few Challenger Series titles, 5K, 10K titles yes, already. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, that, that's incredible for someone so young. Uh, but last year, you, I mean, 2019-2020 uh, uh, season, uh, beginning in the summer, uh, you you took Australia by storm. I think you you played three events and you won them all uh, uh, in Australia. Victoria Open, the Tasmanian Open, and one other one. I, the, the name escapes me. But uh, man, last summer you must have uh, put in the uh, the time or put in the training or you just felt. Uh, Maybe you're getting in some good surf there in Australia. What was it about uh, your game last summer in Australia? You you were performing so well, and uh, you were, you seem uh, perhaps to be so focused uh, during that uh, period last year. Yeah, so I think um, so. I had my exams in May, so when I played in July in Australia, I was uh, free from studying. I was actually just by just playing and thinking about squash. Uh, so that probably helped a lot. But I think also it's just that in May I had a, a tough uh, a tough time uh, after exams when I played in South America. Uh, mm. I wasn't playing at the level uh, I, I feel I could play, and so I was probably just I, I was really disappointed with myself with that tournament. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, at the same time, I knew that I had two weeks of exams before I went to South America, which impacted how mentally prepared I would be for that for those tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so after South American tourney, I went home and I trained for the entire months uh, with my dad and uh, sometime at the National Center at Exeteros for the training match. And I think I got to to Australia and I was just uh, I was just really happy to be back on the on the professional tour. Australia is a great memory memory for me because that's the first time I went uh, obviously. So that's okay. the first time I uh, the first time I went to uh, obviously the first time I went outside Europe. Uh, it was when I went to the to New Zealand to play the the, the World, World Juniors. Yeah. So to prepare the world to the championship because of the time difference and because I've never been so far in my life, I decided to play a, a, a PSA in Australia before. And uh, and I have great memory from that place. And so I was really looking forward to go to Australia. Uh, and as I was expected, obviously it's better when you win. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So definitely the the the, the tourney in Australia was uh, was really good, and I have great memories because I played I played some great squash and I and I won three tournaments in a row. But it was also because I just discovered new places, new people, and I spent I spent quality time with uh, with other professional squash players. And I well, just Australia's got myself. such a uh, such a great history of. Uh... Uh, both men and women, uh, just a great history of, of uh, legendary players uh, uh, yeah, yeah, coming out sure. of Australia. Australia, so. Australia has been including so one of your, uh, including the Cornell uh, head coach, right? David Palmer, yeah. <laughs> <for sure>. The <laughs> Marine. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. on the college squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Australia was 
amazing because I I went from Melbourne, uh, where I played the 5K. Uh, so that's how I planned my Australian tour. The I, I I thought about playing a 5K uh, as a uh, in the court uh, warm up uh, tournament, and then I played two 10Ks. So I went from Melbourne to to the west uh, to the southeast coast in uh, Big Gap, which is in the middle of nowhere, uh, <laughs> which is like in the in the countryside where okay. they make the the bigger cheese, uh, which is really <laughs> good cheese, by the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself uh, eating cheese there, uh, but it's just like the way they they uh, they organize tournaments, the way they take care of the players and uh, and uh, the way they are passionate about squash as well. They're just so mm. passionate about squash and so and so because because Australia is so far from the from from everywhere else in the world, they just uh, they just so happy when they have uh, uh, international squash tournaments going on uh, in the in the in the country. Uh, and and I mean, I think I, I played some great squash, um, and I was I was really looking forward to play that tourney and to do well, uh, because I knew that would give me good points uh, for the rest of the season, and that would mm-hmm. probably help me to get into the the, the bigger tournaments, so the World Series, and yeah. that definitely helped me a lot. So. Well, it certainly did. I mean, uh, uh, later on uh, in the season, you managed to uh, to qualify for the Silver Series uh, PSA event in my homeland uh, uh, in Canada, yep. the Canada Cup in Toronto, and uh, that must have been quite a uh, quite an accomplishment for you, your first Silver Series event. And then you ended up having to play uh, probably the most experienced guy on tour uh, right now. Uh, spent many many years uh, in the top 10 in the world, Borja Golan. And uh, I mean, he's still playing at a really, really high level. Every time I watch him play, he's still really stuck in there and uh, really dogged and uh, plays t- such a great game. So what was it like, uh, uh, first of all, to uh, to uh, qualify for that event and then uh, the match against Borja? How did that go for you? Well, I was really looking forward to play my first silver events because that was the first one, and I was actually uh, able to 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 be in a draw where to be in a small draw with uh, with the best players. Like the top the top three guys were in the top ten, uh, and top two guys were in the top five. I think mm-hmm. I think it was Paul and uh, and Tarek. So it's a really strong draw. And when I when I when I realized I was gonna play Borac on. Uh, I was really excited because I was thinking, well, Bora, Bora is such an experienced player. And, uh, it's probably the last time I I have the chance to play against him. So, 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 so it's really exciting to be able to play against uh, this player. Yeah. Second, I was also thinking, well, he's a uh, he's getting old, and maybe <laughs> uh, may, maybe I can have a shot now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> more than ever. Yeah. So, so, so I was, I, I was, but he pulled I, out I all the into, old, the old tricks, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I went into this match thinking, well, geez, I can win this match. He's a, he's a great player. He's really experienced, but I'm young and I'm hungry and I'm sure I can do it. 
And then I went on court, he just uh, gave me a lesson of squash. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just uh, go back to, uh, to his game. His game is, uh, I mean, I love watching him play. It's just he's very, very uh, clinical on there, isn't he? He's just, yeah, he's just, uh, he just knows uh, when he has to, to hit the ball so that he can hurt you. So every time I would feel like I could take the control of the tee, he would actually hit a boast or or fix or hold the ball and then just uh he holds just, it well doesn't he just, nice yeah hold. he's just yeah he, he just stopped my movements and uh and then it's just really hard for me to just uh to just uh to just to just like move this first step in order to to to, to defend that ball and so i was i was always on the edge uh just trying to a way to to survive on court, and uh, I was never—it was never a time where I felt comfortable. And uh, yeah. he, I mean, he just gave me a lesson of squat. I have—I can't—I can't really <laughs> say anything else. He, he right. was just like way, way better than me, and, right. and that's it. Yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm sure it was a great experience for you. And the, the next was, time, yeah, uh, next time around, you'll definitely uh, be uh, prepared, maybe more mentally, uh, to take it on. Uh, Victor, it was really great chatting with you. I just want to say, you know, French squash over the years, uh, we've had uh, Julian Bonitat, uh, of course, uh, world number one, Thierry Lencou, world number one, Gregory Gaultier, several others in there uh, as well, Mathieu, uh, Gregoire, uh, those before them. Uh, but I think French squash is in good hands with, with you coming up. So, uh, Victor, really uh, appreciate your time today. And uh, uh, let's do it again sometime. For sure, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for inviting me in your podcast, and uh, and I would really enjoy to uh, to have another conversation in the future. Well, definitely one of the best ones. Yeah, Victor. Thanks a lot to Victor for his time and energy there. I uh, want to wish him all the best. Definitely, uh, French squash is uh, uh, in good hands with Victor and the slew of uh, other uh, uh, French. Uh, players that are coming through right now and uh, just want to wish him all the best uh, with his studies and hopefully with his squash when the game uh, gets back uh, to playing again and uh, everyone uh, I want to wish you all the best good luck stay healthy stay safe Uh, we've got several more coming up this week so I'm going to try to keep them coming uh, during uh, this down period and uh, Jethro Bins is going to be coming on tomorrow Uh, hopefully we're going to have a few of the ladies uh, on the tour and some coaches uh, coming on as well so uh, stay tuned for those everyone thanks for listening uh share these with your friends please and uh, review them like them uh give me some uh, some feedback any feedback is good feedback so uh all the best to everyone take care and talk to you soon goodbye now